This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Welcome into episode 71 of Press Pass, brought to you by betonline.ag. I'm Kayla Anderson, alongside my co-host Joshua Perry. Uh, we continue to self-isolate. It doesn't seem like much has changed since we talked last week, because really what would change when we're sitting in our houses almost every single day? But I will say this, I did finish Tiger King. Did you? I did. Okay. I haven't seen it yet. I watched like... A half episode last night, and I was just so tired I fell asleep. Um, but everybody's been talking about it, so I feel like I'm just kind of the oddball now. I'm left out, so I have to go ahead and watch it. But um, I, I heard that it's some of the craziest people you could imagine, um, and so I'm really yeah. looking forward to seeing that. Well, what is funny, too, is so the main character, and these aren't characters because this is real life, but I'm saying this because they all seem like characters in this, like they're playing a character. Hmm. But- Gardner Minshew put up a thing on his Instagram the other day, and it was like saying he's the Jaguar King. And if anyone were to ever play this guy in real life in a movie, it would be Gardner Minshew. Like it is incredible. Like when you watch this whole thing and you go and like follow Gardner Minshew, you're like, oh my God, he could play him to a T. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've seen photos of this cat and, you know, Gardner Minshew is uh, an interesting looking dude um, who is uh, very confident and in, in yes. being outside of the box. So I could see yeah. definitely some overlap there. Yeah, it was funny. So hopefully get back to me next week if you watch it and we'll share some notes on that and get your take. But um, we have we actually have a lot to get to today, Joshua. And we're going to start off by something that you probably um, are paying close attention to. But right now, because this continues to be extended in terms of everything shutting down, college coaches... Um, have to stay connected during this time period because when it comes down to it, the season is really starting to come right around the corner. And right now there's nothing that you can do right now. I mean, how are these coaches staying connected with their players? Oh, it's a wonderful question. I think it's two part. Um, uh, you know, I'll start with 
the coaches staying connected to their current roster. And then we'll talk about kind of coaches trying to stay connected to recruits too, because this is a crazy time on either front. But, um, you know, this is a time of year typically where a lot of teams would be close to finishing up spring ball if they haven't already finished it up and they're getting close to the end of the academic semester. Mm -hmm. So there are a number of challenges there. Number one, um, just from a football standpoint, is getting these guys to the finish line of spring ball healthy and then getting a couple of weeks of training before they might have an opportunity uh, to go home before summer classes resume and the new class gets on campus. And and then what a lot of people aren't talking about is also making sure that these guys can finish out the academic term properly so everybody's yeah. eligible for the fall because there are guys who last fall might not have had great GPAs that really needed to push this semester to make sure that they can maintain their eligibility. There will be guys who um, during the spring, their GPA might fall off a little bit in the middle and they have to pick it back up to finish strong. And now these coaches have way less control in making sure that these guys are attending their online classes and making sure that these guys are turning in all of their assignments, et cetera. So um, I know coaches have gotten creative um, and a lot of it just starts with calling, texting, FaceTiming their guys um, and checking, with, checking in with them every day. And I know that's got to be a really hard position because you're so used to seeing these cats face to face, but it's what they got to do um, just to make sure. And they're probably doing the same thing. Um, the academic advisors are probably calling, texting, FaceTiming these cats. Um, I know the coaches are probably, um, you know, making sure they're getting updates from professors as well in terms of what guys are doing, what they need to do, what guys are turning their assignments and who maybe needs a little bit of encouragement to make sure that they're doing what they need to do academically. But on the football side, again, there's a challenge. And uh, I think technology, it's great for school, but it's also great for football. These cats all have tablets, so uh, they can watch tape. And they'll push out not only the the game film that they want them to watch or the practice tape they want them to watch, but also playbook sheets um, through the iPad. So that's a really good tool to make sure that the athletes have the materials that they need to be able to study. But the problem with that is you can't really ensure that these guys are studying. So I know one creative thing um, that Ohio State is doing is they're sending out a Quizlet. And so anybody who's been in school recently would know uh, what a Quizlet is. Uh, a lot of times the Quizlets have notes on them, but they're also, they give you quizzes. Um, and so they can grade the players and see what they've been looking at, what they've been studying and what they haven't. And what that allows is a direct feedback channel to where um, you can tell how much guys are studying and you could tell what exactly they're studying. And then you can tell if there's anything they're not understanding and then maybe make that a point of emphasis in some of the film study that you're doing. Um, and that's something that you would typically be able to do in meetings. I know Coach Fickle was a big fan of testing us. He, we would get written tests um, on all the concepts we were supposed to know on um, the different offensive philosophies that teams will try to use. And that was a good tool for us to grade where we were at in our understanding of football, but also for him uh, to see where he could be a better teacher. And now they're using that to try to coach football remotely, which is such a weird uh, thing to think about. And I don't know necessarily your thoughts on it, but from your perspective, did you ever necessarily think of some of these challenges that would pop up? Like we all said, you know, guys go away or whatever, but um, the more you dig into it, the academic term, and then also trying to coach these guys and introduce concepts and, you know, knowing that spring ball is over now trying to get into a game plan. I, I never really thought of it. I was curious if you even had some of these thoughts when we found out that they were going to cancel spring ball. 
No, I mean, I think because this has been such a day by day, week by week sort of thing, um, we're living kind of on the notion that, you know, everything's going to be fixed soon, but we just don't know when that will be. And so I think everybody was kind of expecting um, when it came to football and any type of football, NFL, high school or college, uh, that we were going to be okay by that time. But then they didn't think about all the things that lead up to the actual season. And you don't just magically flip on a light switch and say, hey, we're ready to go. It's the start of the football season. That's not how it works. And so when it comes to all the things that you prepare for, whether it be physically, mentally, game planning, what the coaches do, what the staff does as a whole, um, and they're still always recruiting. These are things that you just haven't thought about. And then you have to think about everybody as a human being, just like you and I are. I mean, these are human beings that are also trying to balance dealing with what is a, a pandemic in our world right now. And there's, there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of uncertainty. And I think a lot of people, you know, are on edge that have had somebody affected by this. Well, let's dig into that um, just a little bit more, because I think there are a few components that you kind of talked, you know, touched on that I want to address a little bit. And I think number one, we can't let fly by the wayside is a lot of student athletes are not all, they, they all are very high performance people. And a lot of times that comes with, um, it's different set of mental health obstacles. Um, and myself personally, one thing I struggled with was anxiety. Um, and I would get really tense. Uh, I would get very nervous sometimes, um, especially when I was a younger athlete. I mean, like, you know, sweaty palms, my mouth would be dry, you know, yep. be dry even before games. And what helped take that edge away from me was two things. Is number one, being able to talk to professionals um, that are certified to handle those types of uh, disorders. But number two is the preparation and feeling like you left no stone unturned. Um, that allowed me to go out there and play as best as I could because I knew I prepared as hard as I could. So now you get into a situation where guys aren't able to be in the weight room working out. And, you know, a lot of these guys don't have the luxury of a home gym so they can throw yeah. up weights or whatever it is. You know, they're jogging around the neighborhood and doing pushups and sit-ups and picking up couches uh, to try to do some some fitness work. Uh, and, and that becomes really hard. The, the other aspect of that, too, is something that everybody right now can resonate with is uh, we have we're humans and we crave face to face, person to person interaction. And right now we just can't get that. And uh, this is a PSA to just check on your friends and make sure they're all good. And I know yeah. that some of these guys are probably really hurting from the fact that they don't have that locker room support system that they typically have now that they're home. So that's a big deal. The other aspect that you kind of talked about just a little bit uh, I want to dig into is the coaches, not only checking on their players, but um, it's got to be hell for them trying to do all of the same coaches meetings that they would have daily and academic meetings and everything in a remote fashion. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of these guys, their, their whole day is meeting and planning. You know, yeah. before athletes come into the facility, they're meeting, then they're planning about their day, and then they're they're meeting about what they planned, and then they're they're planning again about the meeting they just had, and then the guys come in and they're meeting some more. It's got to be a big challenge to coordinate all of that. And I know these guys aren't used to being at home and, you know, having their kids in the background yelling and screaming while they're trying to get on a conference call. I, and not to make anybody feel bad for anybody necessarily, but like, 
you know, as, as big of an obstacle as people are having in their own careers, you, for example, um, having to do media remotely is a definite challenge. A lot of people are facing the same thing. It's just now in the sports world where we don't typically think of these student athletes as people who would have um, some of these obstacles from, from being away from the facility for an extended period of time. But here we are. And it's a lot for everybody to figure out. Yeah, it is. And I liked what you said about, hey, reach out to your friends right now if you know, you're know you feeling like you're, you're lonely or you're feeling like you're stuck. I mean, thank goodness for technology. Um, I've learned so much more here in the past week and a half because of all the stuff that I'm doing here from home. But you can get on things like Zoom and stuff like that, and you can have a conversation with all your friends. And that, I think, can help us get by week to week. And that's the same for athletes. I mean, I'm actually curious, and this now makes me want to do a little bit of research, maybe checking in with some of these college athletes and saying, hey, do you guys have like a weekly thing where you guys get on uh, FaceTime with each other and and chat? Because I'm sure that that's going on. Oh, I'm, I'm, there's no doubt in my mind. I bet you um, that, you know, whether it's something that the coaches are encouraging or whether these guys do it on their own, um, if it's anything like when I was playing at Ohio State, and I know a lot of these locker rooms are very similar where all of your best friends are the guys that you suit up with, I'm sure that naturally it's just going on. Um, the other thing I wanted to, to go ahead and touch on, too, was the recruiting aspect I brought up. Mm-hmm. Ryan Day has done a really good job at Ohio State of recruiting in this downtime. Tony Alford's gotten a number of running back recruits. I think they have four or five coaches in the top 10 uh, recruiter rankings in America right now. Mm-hmm. And then you look at a school like Michigan, and they're offering um, the 38th best player in New Jersey, and they offered another kid or you know, they have an offer out to another kid who's unranked uh, nationally. And I think it goes to show that um, teams that had solid recruiting plans coming into this have have only enhanced what they're doing. And if you didn't have the touch points, if you didn't have the lines of communication open, um, if you didn't have the recruiting plan for each athlete before COVID-19 kicked in, I believe that it's a detriment more so than already the disadvantage you would have with being able to get guys on campus and being able to visit them at high school face-to-face, et cetera. So I think that this year will be one that obviously will put a star next to for a lot of reasons, but I don't want it to fall by the wayside. I think that this type of scenario favors teams that are the strongest recruiters because their plans kick in a lot harder than everybody else. Like if you struggled under normal circumstances, like, all right, let's put some distance in between and then let's see what happens. And you can tell right now that some schools are, they're going to suffer tremendously and other schools are going to be able to take off and flip this to an advantage. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. And it is going to be interesting to see um, once the season gets going, how things start to kind of play out. I think we could be in for a very interesting season. I think we'll see with some of those teams that do do a lot of the recruiting ahead of time, obviously shine, but then it'll be interesting to see what happens with all the rest of the team. So this is something that just continues to, as long as we keep, you know, having to self-isolate and as long as we go into the months here, the more interesting this is going to get as we get closer to the football season. Well, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might be thinking there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on, or let them bring Vegas to you with online casino and blackjack. 
all open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. And if you're into props and entertainment betting, you can bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their website and join today. Receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And then be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. So we're going to go into segment two here and kind of feeding off of what we were doing in the first segment, but just specifically talking about now the effects of missing workout time. And you had mentioned that a lot of these guys are not able to have their own luxurious, like luxurious home gym, or, you know, maybe they have some things here and there, but when it comes down to it, they're used to being in a, in a kind of an area where everything is laid out for them. Um, they've got a strength trainer that's kind of helping them. And I'm sure there's programs that have been sent home to a lot of these guys, but I can't imagine right now to me, that would be what was really going through my mind too. Like, is my body going to be right? Yeah, and I, I think the first thing that pops into my mind is injuries because, you know, if you can't train properly, um, if you can't get that same intensity, if you can't hit um, like they do in spring ball, your body's just not going to be ready to play football. And I think that's one of the, the major concerns coming up here where, you know, there's been some rumblings about the college football season and people are saying, well, it's so early. But you have to think you miss all spring ball. Now we're in a place in, in Ohio uh, specifically where it's looking like, you know, Summer workouts could be pushed back to a certain extent. Um, that'll trickle into training camp if those have to be pushed back. Um, and now you're talking about a player safety issue um, just because bodies aren't going to be prepared to play football. Um, but you're absolutely right in terms of um, strength and conditioning and some of the gains that these players are expected to make. And I think that summer is probably the time where you tone your body, you know, you put on the weight during the winter, um, you go in spring ball, you kind of you know, get your body cut down a little bit, and then you go for the tone in the summer, but also the speed work and the agility and the football-specific drills that you do. It's it's going to be hard for a lot of these guys to miss out on it. And now you start thinking about the development of young players too. The guys who, who enrolled early, they missed part of their, their high school experience to be able to do this, who are now suffering, um, you know, first and second year players who are looking to maybe make a big leap and get on the field are now missing imperative development time. And then, you know, your players who are coming to the end of their eligibility too, where they, they need to develop these skills and they, they need to hone their craft every day to get the best shot they can at playing professionally. That is exactly where it hurts. And, you know, as much as they can send out a workout plan to these guys, like you said, if they don't have the equipment, it's going to be terrible. But you and I both know that having a great training partner um, is invaluable. And yeah. these guys are going to be lacking that too, where they don't have, you know, the coach who's really pushing them and the guys that they're working out with every day to really elevate their game. Um, and it just makes you a little bit stale when you can't compete for that amount of time that they're going to be off. So I'll be curious to see um, as this thing progresses and as we kind of see a timeline to it, what some more of the rumblings from college football coaches are going to be, because I know player safety and also development of players are going to be two hot buttons that a lot of the coaches are going to want to address because they know how imperative this time is and how important it is for their players. And look, I mean, those are those are all athletes, but the difference with having someone to kind of push you, I mean, it's like I think about myself because I am an everyday go-getter um, when it comes to anything, but like my workouts are something that I have to have in my life almost every day. 
And usually I'm going to smaller classes that push me that are pretty intense. Um, and then I'll do like some individual workouts on my own. But right now, you know, we're, we're doing these workouts on our own and there's not really anyone to necessarily push us. And I think when you're an athlete and you're training for a season, it's got to be hard because some of those guys, I'm sure mentally can do it. But there are some guys that probably are like, okay, let, let's, you know, this week will be fine. I'm not going to push it as hard or I'm tired or my mind's getting in the way of things. You know, I mean, there's so much that can come into play right now. And then on top of it, you're having to kind of do your own thing when it comes to staying in shape. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, it's easy for anybody to skip reps when nobody's watching. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's easy to go 95% when you're doing sprints instead of a hundred, if nobody's nipping at your heels. And that's human nature. It's not an indictment on any one athlete or any person who does that. I mean, like, you know, like you said, you get tired and your mind starts getting in the way and there's nobody to uh, hold you accountable. There's nobody looking at you to see how hard you're going. You know, there's, there's no, there's no measuring stick. There's not that competitive spirit. Um, and it, it becomes a really, uh, it becomes a toll to be that disciplined every day on your own. Yep. And, and the accountability aspect's huge. And I know they'll say, you know, true professionals are guys who'll get up and go to work every day. But even true professionals go to work with a trainer. They don't do it by themselves. So yep. I'll be curious definitely to kind of see how this thing develops. But, you know, reality situation, I, this is such a, a unique circumstance for everybody in America. And, um, you know, there are a lot of people who I truly do um, feel bad for that that are going through some things right now that nobody could have anticipated and I wish they weren't going through. But um, when you look at these athletes, this is probably like one of the most dire situations that they could have predicted. And, um, you know, these careers are precious and, you know, all of them end at some point and some sooner rather than later. And that's the one thing I think that we can all get on board with when you say you're disappointed and you feel bad for these kids. I don't think anybody should feel bad that um, they're scholarship athletes that are getting their, their schooling paid for. I don't think anybody should be ba feel bad that these kids are in the spotlight. But what you should feel bad for is the fact that part of their experience is being taken from them from something that they can't control. And I think we can all resonate with that because a lot of our experiences are being taken away from us day by day from having to self-isolate, et cetera. Uh, and it's just a, a really weird situation to be in. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And I, I just hope everybody could... Uh be ready to go and physically I, I I hate seeing injuries, so hopefully everyone keeps that in mind when they're when they're training here during these weird, unpredictable times. Um well there is something that is going to go on as planned, Joshua. The NFL pretty much said we are doing the draft. We are not changing the dates. Um, so it will go on as planned at the end of April, and it's just going to be old school. I mean, it's going to be the war rooms, and I, I think it will probably be a lot of what we've been doing, probably Skypes in people's homes, um, where you're going to see some of these prospects in their own living rooms, like we do sometimes, but it's going to be the top guys in their own living rooms, um, which I actually was, I made, I made a little joke the other day. I was like, so can we still expect these like top guys to be wearing their suits? You're right. <laughs> right. Right. I was like, or is this going to be more of like the athleisure like suit, which well, that would be my thing. You, you know, which, you know, which one I would go for. I'd be I know which one you'd go suited for. Suited and booted. You would be suited and booted, folks, no doubt about that. But leading up to the draft, now that we know that that is happening, and it's one thing that we can kind of plan for, we're doing some, just of our our favorite draft prospects leading up to the draft. So each day or each week, we're going to pick a couple 
and just talk about why they're our favorites. So I'll start off, Joshua, and then we'll go to you. But I am going to start off with a guy that I really enjoyed watching this past season. Um, Despite him playing in the Big 12, which you and I both rip on a lot, and I don't apologize for it, um, he does play for Oklahoma, so so that is a better school in the Big 12, obviously. But Mm. this guy was phenomenal this past season. Um, C.D. Lamb, wide receiver uh, for the Sooners. And he is just a guy that I think what I like about him is he's improved throughout his college career. And significantly from that 2018 season to last season, the biggest thing I think that people were faulting him for coming into this season was the strength part of things. And he did a lot of work in the offseason, put on some weight, put on some strength, and you saw it really pay off this past season with some of the, the things that he was able to do. This guy has great hands, which is obviously something you have to have in the NFL as a wide receiver. And then there's the the yak, the yards after catch, which are some of my, uh, it's one of my favorite categories because I saw a, a wide receiver by the name of AJ Brown do it this year with the Tennessee Titans. He was phenomenal when it came to yards after catch. And this is something CD Lamb really did a great job at job at um, this past season, 21.4 yards per reception. And this is something that's very valuable in the NFL when it comes to a wide receiver and a trait that they can bring to the table. So CD Lamb is one of my most valuable prospects here. You know, and I, I think that yards after catch thing that you brought up, that yak is huge uh, because, you know, anybody can catch a ball, but what do you do mm-hmm. after you get it in your hands? And we saw time and time again, like you said, you got the stat out there, 21.4 uh, per reception. It's huge yeah. when a guy can catch the ball and then he he's a threat to, to score every time he has it in his hands. And it's legitimate to say that, oh, maybe he didn't play against the best defensive backs, but given the talent that he went up against, he was the best receiver in college football this year, in my opinion. And so here we go. I, I definitely agree. Um, I'm looking forward to see what his NFL career looks like. Um, first guy that I'll pick, uh, defensive player, of course, and somebody who blew my mind when I really started flipping on the tape and watching him, Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the talk uh, for Clemson was around some of the offensive weapons. You know, we were getting the T. Higgins conversation, obviously Trevor Lawrence and, um, you know, Etienne and the whole deal. Like they had all these guys, superstars on offense, and their defense was young. And, you know, their linebacker core had some turnover and their defensive line wasn't what they typically were and their defensive back struggled. And then here you get a guy, Isaiah Simmons, who was a Swiss Army knife on that defense. And you literally watch the guy line up uh, on the line of scrimmage as a defensive end rushing the passer, and he's very explosive and very good at that. Then you saw him line up in the middle of the defense at at linebacker depth, um, and he's a guy who can get downhill in the run game. He can pursue sideline to sideline, and he could also cover in the pass game. And that's exactly where I'm leading to next, where you see this cat line up in the middle of the field um, playing safety. And he was a, what we call a red line to red line kind of guy. And on the practice fields, they got a red line on there. It's about five yards away from the sideline. And they expect the middle field is uh, middle of the field safety to get from the middle of the field to the red line from the time the quarterback uh, releases the ball to the time the receiver catches it. And he was a guy uh, who was able to do that. And there are very few players that I've watched um, that could successfully play at all three levels um, and do it in a way where he was somebody who was a threat to your game plan. Like Jabril Preppers was a guy at Michigan 
who did a very similar thing. And I think the one thing that he lacked um, that Isaiah Simmons does um, is the pass rush. Like I, I felt like he wasn't as good when he was on the line of scrimmage just because he was a smaller body guy, a true safety mm-hmm. body type. Isaiah is a true linebacker type that could play on the line in the middle of the defense in the back end. It blew my mind watching it, and I wish he got all the best. Top 10 pick for sure, but probably my favorite player um, in all college football this year. Yeah, I've enjoyed watching just the success um, some of these guys at Clemson have had. Last year, I got to talk to a lot of them on the red carpet. And first of all, like they're great players, but their personalities are freaking amazing. And a lot of these guys are smart dudes too. Um, I mean, I was just having like the best conversations on there with guys I've never met, but you know, there's some, give Dabo a lot of credit. I mean, he's, he's making these guys at the next level and they're kind of all around, um, they're all around great players. So look forward to seeing what happens with him. Um, my next pick is more so regardless, he's, he's a beast, but I think the reason why I pick, uh, Javon Kinlaw is because of his story. And I don't know if you've read about him, Joshua, but a defensive lineman out of South Carolina, his story is really incredible. He was pretty much homeless at a point in his um, life. He is, uh, from Washington, D.C. originally, just grew up in a really poor household, um, a, lot of, a lot of unnecessary things around him as a kid that you would never want a kid to be around. Um, and, and for a while, he was homeless. He was, he was couch surfing, you know, trying to stay on anybody's couch he could. Um, and then he moved to South Carolina with, uh, to stay with his dad. And he was bullied early on in school because he's a very big dude. And you can imagine in those awkward days, um, kind of a bigger guy. And then he, he decided he was um, going to go to JUCO. So he went to JUCO college and finally ended up at South Carolina where he has pretty much transformed his body, transformed everything about himself um, with obviously the help of the staff there. And he is now, I think, going to be a top 20 pick. Um, in this year's NFL draft. But whenever I see a story like that, it makes me just want to root for that guy even more. And that's what's so cool about the draft is the stories that come along with it. And so I'm really interested to see where he goes, but um, I definitely will be rooting for him. Yeah, you know, I pulled up an article because I I heard the story and I hadn't read a ton about it. Um, But ESPN had an article and I think it's beautiful. And one of the quotes I want to read is just talking about Um, what the opportunity means for him to be able to play football at the highest level. And he says, I know I'm going to get some type of money. The way I'm wired, I've been down, like down bad, bad, like where no one should be lived in basements. No matter what the money is, I'm going to be grateful. I can get me somewhere to live regardless of where I'm going to be. I'm going to find somewhere to live. So I don't care what the amount is. And I, I think for a lot of folks, we, we tend to take certain things for granted and, you know, like having a, a place that you call home that you go to every day, uh, whether you own it or not, that is your shelter. That is your, um, you know, it's your sanctuary. It's the place where you can unwind. Um, you know, it's a guy who's getting his first job as a professional. Um, and that's the one thing on his mind at 22 years old is I want a place that I know is my home. Uh, and I agree with you 100%. These are the type of stories to me um, that really humanize the game of football because we see warriors out there we see people who are invincible you know draft day you hear their name called and all you think about is how much money they're going to make and now Mm -hmm. you get the background of a guy who never really saw anything and he's just grateful 
that he's going to have somewhere now that he can call his own that somebody can't take away. I think it's beautiful. And your last one, Joshua, what do you got? My, my last one. Uh, keep it. Can I, can I say something? I am not picking any Buckeyes, even though I wanted to, because I am leaving them for the expert to oh. put on the list. Okay. Well, Just you know say. what? <laughs> I, I stayed away from a buck. I've got one in my, in my back pocket. So <laughs> I'll give you two people. My first one, uh, big 10 guy, Jonathan Taylor. Just he was yeah. one of the best running backs to ever play in college football. Um, broke a ton of records. Uh, he was a guy we talked about on BTN every week uh, for doing the right thing. Not only is he a great football player, but he's a great guy, smart guy. Um, and I'm looking forward to see how he evolves into the NFL because I know running backs, um, they got a lifeline on their career. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. short sometimes, but I think he's a guy who has a different skill set, thicker built dude, but he's got legitimate track speed. So um, he's a home run threat every time he touches the ball. And I think one of the biggest assets he's going to have is his ability to learn the game quick and be able to get on the field as a rookie. Um, he'll be one of the top running back prospects, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how he transitions. If I had to go for a Buckeye, he's a draft prospect, but I, I don't know if he'll be drafted. Um, but he's just somebody who I have a ton of respect for, for the type of person that he is and what he means to his community, and that's B.B. Landers. Mm. And if you ever yeah. seen that cat, he's got a, a cowboy hat on all the time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just his personality to be like that. But uh, he's been a, a big advocate for um, mental health and awareness around some of those illnesses. And um, I think, especially, like I, I said earlier, at this time where people are probably dealing with some things that, um, you know, they might not be able to get their counseling for, whether uh, it's... Mm-hmm because of costs or they lost insurance or just trying to get place to place isn't as easy as it used to be right now. Um, he's a guy who's really uh, made folks aware about some of those issues. And he's, he's told his story and worn that on his sleeve, which I think is really big. So That's awesome. um, for me, a guy who might not hear his name get called uh, will definitely end up in training camp somewhere, but somebody who I think um, is a wonderful person I have a ton of respect for. That's great. If you've not looked up a photo of B.B. Landers in his cowboy hat, please do it at this moment. I just did it and it like made my day. So um, definitely go check out B.B. Landers and Google him if you don't know who he is. Um, Okay, Joshua, I'm going to I did see you tweeting back at people. So I'm wondering if you had any questions this week. Yeah, it's it it came from a Twitter discussion. Okay, in evolution okay. of this discussion. So I'm going to ask you actually the okay. question here and put you on okay. the spot a little bit. But the, the conversation was about what is most important when you're going to recruit a player. And what I'm talking about is, you know, you got character, you've got, um, you know, talent, you've got size, you've got all these different things. Were they a good student? Da, 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 da. And basically where it came from is why certain teams win games, why certain teams lose games, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear from you. You're a college football coach. You're getting your list of prospects together that you want to visit. You want to get them on campus. How do you start like the basic, the first thing you look at, how do you start building that list? Well, obviously, I mean, you're always going to be drawn to talent and you can't have a good team without having talent, right? But you have to have some sort of character to go along with it. Now, That is not saying that if I go and I'm recruiting these kids and I come across a kid that's got incredible talent, but, you know, their character has been a little questionable. I would say, and this is just me, I'm a pretty good judge of 
character and judging character in terms of, okay, is this somebody that we could get into our program and really be there for that person? Is it more so because they haven't had somebody there for them to lead them right down the right path? I think there's those type of people's people that have talent and athletes. And then there's just some character that you just don't want to touch, right? I definitely and agree I'm not, with that. Yeah. And I'm not going to touch that character. I, I, there's just some that I just know that you're not going to touch, but there are others that I I think have maybe just not had the right people around them that I would take in to my program. So I'm going to go for talent, but I'm also always going to connect it with the character. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm there with you. I, I think like people, people will say like, you know, Hey, um, you want, you want good character guys, you want good culture guys. And then, um, you know, they'll say like, well, it doesn't matter about the talent if you have a great coaching staff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think that I think coaching in college football at times is overrated. Um, you don't want people out there making boneheaded mistakes, but I also believe that if you keep it simple and you let athletes be athletes, they win um, mm-hmm. majority, vast majority of the time. But it was, it was a unique conversation. Basically what it came down to, what I talked about earlier, Ohio state and Michigan and recruiting right now. Um, you know, people will say, it's it's coaching why Michigan hasn't been able to beat Ohio State, and I would I would say look at the rosters and look at the way they're recruiting. And regardless of the coaching, Michigan is going to have a hard time winning the games. And people will say, well, you know, Clemson has beaten Ohio State with lesser talent, and they're specifically pointing to 2016. And um, I think it's partially true, where um, you know, like there there are other factors where. Ohio State's uh, 2013 class, which would have been seniors that year, four-year seniors, you know, all the best guys, Joey Bosa, Ezekiel Elliott, Jalen Marshall, um, you know, all those guys were gone. So you can kind of factor that out and say maybe it was a wash. Um, Ohio State had a couple of better classes. And that's where coaching comes through, where it's more talent equated. But to me, you know, teams don't necessarily have a chance to to do what Purdue did to Ohio State a couple years ago as an example um, you can't do that very often when when you just don't have the talent. Like you can pull those games off. I'm not saying they're impossible. We've seen it, but I I've, I don't understand where this whole stars are overrated or talents overrated no. conversation comes from. Um, any any of the best coaches will tell you. Like Urban Meyer is an elite coach because he was able to recruit the best players everywhere he went. Um, and and that's relative. Like Utah, he was able to get the best players that, against that competition level. Sure. You know, Nick Saban's the same thing. Like, he's always got top recruiting classes. He loses very few games. Like, you can go through and see the guys. And, like, you say, oh, man, these guys are elite coaches. And they are. Um, But you can also say that they've had the assistance of some really elite players and ask the question, hey, if they didn't have these players, how good of coaches do we really think they are? Yep. Nope. I mean, I think we're on the same page with that when it comes to the answer. So uh, I'll be interested to see what – what your next thread is this week. I always run into those and I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to save it for the podcast. I'll, I'll let it, I'll let it unfold on the podcast. So make sure to bring your questions to Joshua. Um, you can ask him anything, especially this time of the year. We're just kind of like, whatever you guys want to talk about here to wrap up the show, uh, we will do that. So that is a wrap on episode 71 of press pass. Got to some really good stuff today. You can go and subscribe on iTunes or any of the other platforms. Just click subscribe for Press Pass. Give us a rate and review. Um, And then you can follow us on Instagram at Press Pass Pod. You can follow me on my social media platforms at Kayla Anderson TV. I'm on Twitter and on Instagram. And then Joshua, where you are going to be sending him 
All the questions you want uh, can find you where? You can find me at RIP underscore JEP on Twitter and Instagram. Again, send me your questions. Love a good conversation. I'm on lockdown just like everybody else, so I need some stuff to talk about. So go ahead and hit me up. Exactly. And if you have any workouts too, guys, that you want to share, just uh, give give me a shout out on Twitter. I'm always up for a new workout. Love it. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you We'll hear from you back here, same place, same time next week.